This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. I'm Ben Mully, and today I'm joined by Jamie Castle, Ollie Kay, and making his Oak Road Hatter debut is Adam Driscoll. Adam, come to you first. How are you getting on today? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Thanks for having me on, guys. Much appreciated. That's uh, good to get you on, and it's uh, it's a good one to join on because it's the first of 67 episodes where Nathan Jones isn't our manager. And we now talk about Rob Edwards. But before we go into all of that stuff, Ollie, how are you getting on? Doing well, thanks. Looking forward to the Rob Edwards era. And Jamie, what about you? Yeah, not too bad. Feel, feel a bit lost with, with no Luton tomorrow. Obviously, the World Cup sort of put, put that out of the way. So, um, but no, I'm sure we've got some stuff to talk about over the next few weeks with the uh, the new era upon us. We're actually quite lucky that something as significant as this has happened because we would have gone four weeks with absolutely nothing to talk about. So um, I guess thank you, Southampton, for um, for helping <laughs> us out in this tricky time of trying to get content out. But we'll go on to the appointment of Rob Edwards. We spoke last week about the fact that Nathan Jones was close to securing his move to Southampton. That has, of course, gone through. It was... a uh, Quite a rigorous search, it seems. A lot of changing of odds, a lot of managers in and out of current jobs linked with the role. But it was eventually Rob Edwards, the 39-year-old, that managed down the M1 as his last stint. And um, I guess the first question here is, were you all happy with the outcome of our managerial search? I think for me, he was always one that was sort of in in the equation. Um, it always seems like that there was three names for me from the get-go. It was Edwards, it was O'Neill and it was Critchley. So for, for us to get one of those three, I think, yeah, if you'd have asked me 
a week ago. If, if, if it was one of those three, would I be happy? I'd, I would have said yes. Um, obviously, a, a, every single managerial appointment in, in football has some risk to it. Obviously, he's did really well at full screen, went on to to, to, those up, to, 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 to that team up the M1 and, and didn't do too greatly, although he was, was harshly treated. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's enough in in the data as as Gary Sweet says to to point towards it being a good appointment. Um, so it's just up to us fans to get behind him and give him the time that he needs. Yeah, I, I agree with most of that. I think um, I think it is a bit of a risk if I'm honest. I mean, you can you can't really judge him on his on his Watford spell. What was it? Ten ten games, three wins, three losses. So it's kind of irrelevant in a way. Um, so then you look at Forest Green, what he did at Forest Green. And yeah, I mean, a championship playoff chasing team. Would you naturally go into League Two for a manager? Maybe Luton would, I don't know. But um, yeah, it's a little bit risky. But at the same time, he comes across really well. And um, quite a good looking lad, I think most people would say. <laughs> so if he, can, if he can equate that into his coaching style and success, then I think uh, it should be, should be an interesting few months ahead. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the main topic of discussion on our group chat was the good looking <laughs> aspect of it all um, before we went into his managerial career. What about you, Ollie? Do you make it three, three out of three of people? Uh, three, yeah, three he, out of he comes across three. very charismatic and um, from the reports from Football Insider where they said, oh, he just aced his interview. So that's where I believe he, he probably charmed the board, but at, at the same time, it's a good appointment. If you see Stephen Schumacher just signed new terms with Plymouth, so it makes me think that maybe we approach Stephen Schumacher and Plymouth. But we probably weren't successful, and therefore he signed new terms. But overall, I, I, can't, I can't disagree with uh, Jamie and Adam. I think it's a good appointment. Yeah, I think make... the, uh, the I think it's quite. Yeah, I, I think the charming point is a good one. Really, I think it's like you ca you can't dislike the guy. Obviously, I've listened to him now for about forty five minutes across both his sort of official interview and then the press one that was released earlier today. And it's like you just can't you just can't not like him. He just seems like just a <laughs> genuine nice guy. And I think that obviously you've you've got that links to Watford, brief brief links, albeit to walk to Watford. But you just can't you can't not like him. And I think. What, what what is important for a, like a, a a new managerial spell is sort of from the get go having that sort of that 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 lightness for a manager in terms of he just really just hope he does well. Obviously, you want him to do well because it's your football club and you want to see him do well for Luton. But you just hope that he, as an individual, does well because um, he seems like he deserves it. Yeah, as we say there, that's four out of four of us in favour of Edwards and joining at Kenworth Road. We also put out a tweet out. It was a poll with whether fans thought Rob Edwards was the right appointment and 93% went with yes with 7% at no. So pretty much echoing what we've said so far. We'll look a little bit about the managerial race because as we've sort of alluded to there, there was a lot of names associated with the role. Um, you look at the betting odds and, and how crazy that was. That was quite interesting, but also there were quite credible reports out there um, John Brady was one was mentioned, of course, Neil Critchley, Gary O'Neill. Um, there was a, a good few names associated with the job. So 
uh, putting it out there. Um, I know that we're all behind Rob Edwards now, but were there any any sort of standout candidates outside of um, outside of Edwards that you sort of like the look of? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think my one of my top choices would have been Critchley. Um, we did an article on him, you know, and looking at his coaching background, working with Liverpool's academy, had success at Blackpool already, had championship experience, and I think one of a handful that had a UEFA elite badge, whatever that means, but obviously it's quite an accolade. Um, he would have been right up there for me. I think fans would naturally go to names like Chris Wilder as well, someone with, you know, a high level of experience. Um I can't say I knew anything about John Brady, to be honest. I think that may have been kind of someone trying to stir the pot journalist-wise. So I don't know how much there was in that. But yeah, I think um, I think it's probably ultimately the right choice. But Critchley was certainly up there for me. I don't know don't know about you guys. No, well, I, yeah, I, I strongly believe that Critchley was, was going to be the one. Um, but when, when, you, when you look, a bit deeper into it you mentioned that elite badge uh, so i looked into it that elite badge was only offered for one year there was a cohort of 14 that was discontinued so you don't need to read too much into it um although all those coaches that that did that badge but they haven't gone on to do stellar things like critchley is the standout from from that cohort um with, with his youth work it, it was quite exciting to, to think, oh, what, what could he do? What loan players could he bring in? Um, uh, and, and his odds got pretty short. I'm sure Billy will tell us. Um, but yeah, he was, he was the one that I thought most Luton fans were hoping for until Edwards, uh, you know, shot ahead in the race. Um, but there's always the concern because he, he's Norman. He, he would have had to have relocated, which is problematic and there's always the issue what if Steven Gerrard gets another managerial position and, and he just ups and leaves again uh, like he did with Blackpool I think for me from from day one you know, I mean even before day one before Nathan even left and there was sort of rumours sort of milling in terms of would would Nathan leave for me it, like Wilder was always the one in, in my in my head that I, I would have loved. I, I think not necessarily because I, I think he, he would he was the standout candidate, but I just think for, I've got a few Blades mates and a few mates who sort of follow Oxford and Northampton and they could said that it was just an awesome time in terms of the style, not only the style of play, but just sort of listening to him in interviews and that fan that fan sort of um, relationship with, with, with Wilder. So for, for me, he was probably the one from day one that would have been a, a really exciting appointment. Um, but then obviously as as time progresses and Nathan leaves, you think well actually probably doesn't fit the club as well as a Rob Edwards does. I think he absolutely I think other than this man at, at Baba, he's um he, he's obviously he's proven exactly how good he is. Um then I sort of progressed in, on to Gary O'Neill, you sort of see the work that 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 he, that he, that he he's do, he's doing at Bournemouth and I think to be honest he probably deserved the, 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 the full time job there. Um Again, probably someone that fits more in terms of Luton, in terms of his his character and his his potential to be one of the, one of the top coaches. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, Rob Edwards was probably for me probably wasn't ever like the number one choice in in, in my in my view. But obviously now now you sort of see him come in and and you see him talk. It it it, it still is very very exciting, and I think you've got a back sweet Harford and. Obviously, you've got Jay and uh, and and Phil and, and Cohen in that team of of people who not only recruit players but obviously now recruit bosses. So yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to, to to see what happens. I think it was difficult for him at Watford as well because, unlike at Luton, there's a lot that in, in terms of transfer stuff anyway, there was a lot that didn't go through him. Um, he was having players in his squad that he didn't necessarily want just because of the re- regime they've got under the, under the Pozzo family. So it gives him a good opportunity to be the main man and, and have that final say and, and work well with, you know, the likes of Jay Sochik and, and other um, sort of recruitment analysts we've got within the club. And I think that's going to be a, a big positive. Um, that's why I don't think we can judge his, his summer business with Watford because we don't really know how much of a say he actually had in that. Um, just on on that sort of Watford connection, Jamie, you don't like to say the W word too often. You you refer to them as a team down the M1, um, something that I've got used to saying now. But does that Watford connection bother you at all? Not really. I mean, it's tough for me to say now because my now brother-in-law is a Watford fan. So um, it's sort of... It sort of blurred the lines a little bit so, so, so somewhat. But no, in, in terms of that connection, I mean... I think he he summed it up perfectly in his press interview. He's not a Watford legend. He had no previous link with Luton before he went to Watford. He went there, was there for what twelve weeks, sixteen weeks, you'd say probably in total. I mean, that's, that's, that's a guess, but yeah, like he he had no chance to build any connection with the club, the fans, etc. So if if anything, it probably works in our favour. He's probably, he, he, I think, I'm not sure he would ever say it, but he's probably got an, an underlying subconscious sort of like not hatred for them, but he's got that. He's always got that sort of being his bonnet about actually he he was sold a pipe dream going there, was harshly treated. Okay, maybe if that was a ten game stint in in April, then it probably isn't good enough. But a ten game stint from from August where he's Sort of trying to implement his ideas. Like I mean, he, he was one point. He was one point outside the playoffs. So, yeah, I think if if you think if we were to talk in a year's time in hindsight, it probably might work in our favour. To be fair, Watford did back him through hell and high water. Um, <laughs> they did. They did. They def- I think I think the water barely got tepid, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I, I agree with Jamie. To be honest, I mean, he, he's he's barely been there. It's not like, it's not like you know Nathan leaves Southampton, goes to Watford, and then comes back to us. Where you might think that's not the right thing to do, but with no affiliation to Luton beforehand, it's 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 basically irrelevant in my mind. I I'm judging him based on what he's done at Forest Green, um, and hopefully what he'll do at Luton. I mean, the bonus he's got at Luton is that he's going to get time. So, you know, he's going to get probably the most of his contract unless he gets snapped up. If he gets snapped up, then obviously we've done something well. We we may well be back in the playoffs or even higher. Um, so I, I don't see him not getting a good couple of years into his contract and seeing how things go. Um, so, yeah, no, no concern from me in terms of having that Watford connection. If you look at it, most Lucid fans have probably been to Vicarage Road more than Rob Edwards has. 
I, I, it doesn't it doesn't bother me uh, in the slightest. Um, and because he's already jumped ship and been burnt, he, he's he's more. It, it's less likely that he will do that again. So if he does set the world alight with us, it, that means we've made it into the prem, and uh, then he'll probably stick around and see how how we can truly back in with a bit more capital. But oh no, it's very exciting. And I think just just to, I think just to expand on that, we, I think we we all agree or have agreed in the past that Nathan was a better manager coming back from Stoke. So if if we can get a Rob Edwards that is better than his stint at Forest Green because he's gone through that period where he got burnt, he he, he jumped ship, sort of for for a project and then got sacked. If we can get almost like NJ Mark II, but Rob Edwards Mark II, then I think, yeah, brilliant. There was a slight difference, though, in, in how they were both burnt. NJ moved to Stoke. He was there for 10 months and had an abject win rate, uh, a win percentage of 15%. So he came back and he had to learn to be more pragmatic, that he couldn't just stick to the diamonds because all reports from Stoke fans say he he, he was very... Um, he was very stubborn about changing things during the match and that that's how he was in his first time with us uh, it was diamond or diamond and he stuck with it and fortunately we were good enough that we could just bulldoze our way through the league um, whereas Rob Edwards hasn't even had a chance to get burnt he, he's just been shown the door because that's how they they do business um so he probably hasn't had that that chance I think, to change his mindset uh, i think if if you were to ask some Watford fans and obviously i, I spoke to, to my brother-in-law about it i think as much as he appreciates he was harshly treated and i think at the time he was very much wrong decision shouldn't have been sacked I think that there also is that element of what Nathan was like at Stoke, where Rob was a bit stubborn. It was three for one, two, or or else. I think he tried to put a few square pegs in round holes there. So I think, yeah, appreciating Nathan had a, had a longer time, but then you would argue, well, Rob, the, the Watford squads as it sat in August, it is and was a better squad than the Stoke squad that Nathan had in terms of having SAR, for example, a £50 million forward. So, yeah, I think, I wouldn't say it's exactly the same situation, but I think there are some slight similarities. And we speak there about um, Watford and the way he was treated. You expect now he's at Luton, patience will be afforded to him. You know, we were not ruthless when it comes to the managerial market, but of course championship football it's results-based industry looting the position well at the moment do you still see the promotion pushers being on or are you sort of under the impression that you know that let's first just get rob edwards settled into this role we might take a few hits but we're going to be better for it or, or do you still see the, this promotion push well and truly on i think it's almost impossible to say to be honest i think that obviously that the, the the new manager bounce is, is a thing right in terms of it's it's normally mentioned in in, in sort of conversation when it's a side that has done really badly has sat their manager and they get a new manager and has the bounce so 
could that happen to us? Yes. I mean, we're only a point out, we're only a point out outside the playoffs and other than Burnley and probably Sheffield United, there's there's no real outstanding side in this league. Um, what I would say is, is that it's a bloody tough start. You've got Middlesbrough who look rejuvenating under Carrick away. You've got Mirrell at home who are always a tough game, no matter how how, how they are in the table. But this year, they're seemingly really, really good. Got Norwich on Boxing Day. Got QPR away. Like You probably couldn't have picked a tougher start other than putting Burnley away in there somewhere. So he's he's got. He, I mean, I wouldn't say he's got alone quick because like because we're all saying he's been given time, but he, I think he certainly will learn quick because if it, like in those four games you have to learn, so it's going to be really interesting. I don't I don't see it being derailed because I mean Ollie just mentioned about like how it didn't work at Watford for him because he was trying to play three four one two. Um, by all accounts, I think Jeff Dawes said he was trying to play a right back at left wing back or vice versa. But we we play the system, or have generally played the system that he played at Forest Green. So it's high press, it's kind of high energy in midfield, wing backs, and we already have the squad to do that, and they've been doing it for you know a good couple of years. Um, so I, I don't think he'll change that much at all. Even in January, if he's got money to spend, I probably don't think he'll use that much. I think he'll wait until the summer, wait until contracts expire, and then assess. So I, I don't see why anything should be derailed. I think we are we are not quite probably as um, fluid as last season. So, you know, we are only one point outside the playoffs, but there are teams that are a lot stronger. Um, so whether we can get top six, I think it'll be, I still think it'll be a massive ask for us to get top six again. But I don't think Jones changing to Edwards will be any impact in, in how we do in terms of getting top six personally. And going on to what we expect to see from Edwards stylistically, we've mentioned there that this sort of three one four two formation, um, so it's a perhaps three four one two, very similar variations to what we've seen with Jones. There's a real high emphasis on wing backs. You, you look at Kane Wilson, Nicky Cadden during um, Edwards's time at Forest Green. You look at Bree and, and perhaps Dowdy as being those kind of two attacking threats. There's also Richie Kyle, who's expected to join with him, an out-of-possession specialist. I'll come to you, Ollie, with this one, because I know you've looked into the situation a little bit already. What do you expect to see from from Edwards? Do you expect to see much of a transition in terms of the way Luton play football? Do you think it's going to be a little bit more ball-orientated than, than what we've seen, a little less direct? It could end up being a little more possession-orientated. Um, but I believe that we have the players that are able to deal with that. Um, we have technicians in the middle of the park. Freeman's very good on the ball. Uh, Clark is good on the ball. Even Alan Campbell is good on the ball. Um, but he might end up playing Alan Campbell or say higher up, just uh, in the hole behind the two strikers. Regardless, we don't know what he's going to do. Um, he might come in and just decide to play the same way that Nathan Jones was. Um, but under Nathan Jones, we were rock bottom of possession statistics. He might try and 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 move us more possession orientated, which again, I'm just uh, treading over myself what I'm saying. I'm not going to mind that um, because it's easier on the eye and we do have the players for it. 
Yeah, I think just to expand on that, I think stylistically, I think if the one, I wouldn't say frustration, but the the the, the, the one thing about Nathan Jones football was that there was a few times, especially at home, where you had Tom Lockyer or Dan Potts sort of on the wide centre back role, and and you've got Jordan Clark deep or Pelly recently deep, and they're looking for it to feet, but they just poof it long to Elijah and Carlton, and appreciate we've got the forwards to to to, to play that way, but. You just think sometimes can Lockyer just find that five-yard pass into the feet of Clark to then turn and then play forwards, and I I, I noticed that five sometimes ten times a game. So we, we talk about sort of trying to progress the way we play. I think that that for me from day one is something that I would like to see to see trying to find the feet a bit more, especially when we've got Lansbury in like sort of in in that in that deeper role there where. Just find his feet, let him turn, and then you've got Bree and Doughty sort of out wide, and sort of running beyond, and then suddenly you've you've got sort of the, the field sort of in front of you. So, yeah, I think possession is probably a key word, but I'm not I'm I'm not going to suddenly think it's going to be sort of Barcelona like overnight. It's more just the 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 intent from from the back trying to build a bit more while we're just going into Elijah at every opportunity. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think um, I mean, I think Jeff Doyle was saying Edwards likes to try and play out the back, even with the three four one two. And we we have what you might call sort of no nonsense centre halves in Lockyer and Bradley, and we have the forwards to play kind of directly into, I guess. So we do kind of bypass midfield quite a lot. Um, I guess my only concern would be that we don't have Naismith, who was a kind of a, a gifted centre half with the ball at his feet. Um, so, you know, if we are going to look to play out the back, then we probably will need to recruit a centre-half or two or get Burke back fit, for example, um, that they have the capability of doing that. I mean, we tried to do it under Graham Jones, didn't we? And it was the disaster and how many goals we conceded of our own doing that season was, yeah, a lot. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be an interesting transition, but I don't think it will be anything that's happening too quickly. And there we've talked a little bit about how how Edwards operates as a manager, how he likes his team to play, um, our expectations now he is a manager. Um, so so looking at the current squads available to him, what players can you see benefiting, Jamie? What players do you think may, you know, it's a system that, of course, we're quite used to, but of course there's going to be little changes. Um, as we've mentioned there about perhaps more possession-based. Are there any players that you think might benefit and, and might be players that are knocking on the door at the moment that, that could play a, a more prominent role? I'm not, I'm not going to pick out any players in particular, but I guess more roles. I think it's it's sort of well known that the wing-backs in particular are, are is one area that he, obviously he, he, he likes. Obviously, you look at, look at Wilson at, at Forest Green, who then went on to Bristol City. So you look at Abree and Alfie Doughty out wide to sort of like a, a flying forward wing-backs could, could benefit. Um, and I guess you you sort you sort of saw Carlos and Dion play there in pre-season, so, so maybe they might come back and and be, be given a shot in, in one of those those sort of left or right wing back roles. Um, but I think it's it's more our our technicians. So you, you look at your, your Jordan Clarks, and obviously he's 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 been been there all season. But I think if anything, there's a style of play that that is going to suit him even more. I think. If you look at the game this this season where we felt a bit overrun, it's been the midfield three of of Camel Clark and Freeman because of the size of them and 
okay, direct football into Carlton and Elijah is is good because they're big centre big big centre forwards and they can play that way. But then when you've got all all three sub six foot centre mids, it, it sometimes lacks a little bit. So I think you've got your Jordan Clarks and your Luke Freeman too. There's absolutely no doubt in that their ability on the ball. Um, so I think it's, it's those sort of players we've got in in the side. So I guess if you look at the youth perspective, you've got your Elliot Forbes and your Louis Watsons. Maybe they can can step up over time. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see, especially those on on the periphery. You've got obviously Dion Pereira. Technically, is fantastic. He's obviously dropped down to League Two, probably good enough for League One already. Um, so will we record him in January just to see if if he can play in that number ten or or, or whatever? So. Yeah, I think we've got a good depth for the squad and a lot of players that that, that could step up. I think I think one that might um, sort of not not play more because he's been playing a lot, but benefit a bit more is Lansbury. I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but in my mind, Lansbury is one of our best passers. Even when he comes off the bench, you know, he's his passing accuracy is, is very good, or it seems to be very good, and he does drive us forward. So if we are looking to play out of the back a bit more and a centre-half giving it to a centre-midfielder, for example, then I think someone like him would really see the benefit in getting him on the ball. Um, so, yeah, he, he could be one that does well. I mean, if we can get him back fit, someone like Fred, to have that kind of right wing-back cover, um, I don't know that we have too, too much cover for James Bree. So, if we can keep him fit, I can certainly see Fred featuring more in that position with... Um, with Edwards looking to play with high wing backs, obviously as well as Bell and Doughty on the left hand side. And Ollie, is there anybody that you can see perhaps, you know, seeing their progress? Well, their progress not as good as it is at the moment. Um, is there any players within that that squad that you look at and think Edwards's appointment might not really suit the way, you know, they like to operate? No one really jumps off the page uh, at the moment. Um, just to add to the point that Jamie and Adam made, um, at the beginning of the season, we recruited a lot of technicians, uh, a lot of small technicians. So I do believe his style will, will work for, as Jamie put, our sub six-foot midfield trio. Um, no, not really. That. <sighs> I, I can't think of any players that that will will struggle. It depends if he's looking to play it out of defence. Perhaps our centre backs, other than Reese Burke, will will struggle with that because, as as Jamie said, Lockyer does struggle with the, the simple five yard passes. Um, if you can't find anyone to to go to feet, um, yeah, uh, I guess we've got to wait and see who's left out in the cold. But I imagine at the beginning, he's not going to leave anyone out of the cold. He's probably going to try and see the entire available squad in those first four games before the transfer window. And it's a very important transfer window. And we'll come back to our second poll. Our second poll that we put out this afternoon was, will Rob Edwards take Luton to the Premier League? Of course, we didn't mean just this season, we're talking about his entire Luton spell, however long that may be. We had 59% going for yes and, and 41% at no. 
I guess there's not too much more to add to that, given that we've spoken about that already. So we'll go on to the third poll, which was which current loan player can you expect kicking on the most um, under Rob Edwards, which again, it's going to take a while to, to really see which players benefit the most. But a clear winner from this was John McAtee with 49% of the votes and, and Carlos Mendes Gomez getting 31% of the votes. So those were the two clear front runners. I'll open the floor up here. Who do you see benefiting the most in this is John Ed John Rob Edwards era? Um, it's a good question. Uh, I, I don't really, in terms of the, the players we don't have that are out on loan, I I really don't think Mendes Gomez and Musque, particularly Musque, will make that much of an impact personally. Um, if you brought them all back now, the one I would want to see in the team is McAtee because I think he just gives us something. Or, or seems to give something in the hole or up top that we don't have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I voted for him on that poll. So uh, he would be one that I'd be really keen to see in pre-season and, and into next season. I'd love to be proved wrong with Mendes Gomez and Musque, but, you know, they were they were recruited for us playing with three up front, probably wide of Adebayo. Um, and we just haven't gone down that route really since you know, sort of very early last season. Um, and I, I don't think we're likely to go back to a three up front system. So I, I think they probably have, will have a minimal impact um, under Edwards or, or anyone at the moment. So yeah, McAtee will be the one for me. Is that the same with you then, Ollie? Uh, yeah, well, I'm quite excited to see McAtee when he does eventually return. Um, hopefully he does the business uh, with, with Grimsby um, before the January transfer window maybe he'll come back and he's already played a, a development squad game and he impressed in that um, I don't know the terms of our load agreement so we probably can't call him back uh, there might not be a recall cause um, I'm going to go outside the box here and I'm going to say Arabin Peppel because Forest Green were trying to sign him and I believe we gazumped their deal so Rob Edwards probably knows a fair bit about him, or at least his head of recruitment of Forest Green did. Um, he has all the attributes to be a good player. And, and eventually when Adebayo moves on, possibly Morris, um, and, and we get the, uh, you know, we, we get the return on investment from them, uh, perhaps Peppel uh, will, will rise to the occasion. Who knows? He's still very young although he hasn't really impressed at Grimsby so far. Um, but he, he's young, lots of room for improvement. I guess send him out to, send him out to Yeovil next. They, they do well with our loan players. What about you, Jamie? I think I sort of mentioned it previously. I think for me, Dion is the one. I think he's probably our most technically gifted loan player at the minute. Um, and I think Adam mentioned it in terms of that that number 10 presence. If if we can get him on the ball in, in that number 10 with Carlton and Elijah ahead of him, I think he, I think he, I think he, he will be dangerous for us. So, yeah, I think he started pretty well with Bradford. So, yeah, if, if he was to come back in January, he'd be, he'd be the one. But I'd, I'd still like him, like to see him get a full season at Bradford and, and get it back in the summer. It's encouraging yeah, that it's a they signed one. a long-term contract. Um, 
But you have to ask yourself, why has he gone down to League Two? I think it was more an affinity with not 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 an affinity, but he he was at Bradford before the fans wanted him back, and it's still a side from for promotion. Would you have got a League One promotion fight inside? Maybe not. He he probably would have been a League One relegation side, but probably wouldn't have got as as much time on the ball as he would do for a League Two promotion chasing side. So I think it's just just a, a club that suited suited him and his style of play. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, and everyone that's gone out on loan, you know, I'd, I'd rather they went down a level and played 40, 40 games than sat on someone's bench because they could sit on our bench with the injuries that we pick up throughout the season um, or they could play development games. So, yeah, I think it's, I'd, I'd rather see those sort of players get a lot of game time, even if it yeah. is two leagues below and then see what they can do in pre-season. And I think if you flip the point a little bit as well, if you look at why has Musquay and Mendes Gamers gone to Fleetwood then, because would they have benefited from a League Two promotion chasing loan? I think actually their weaknesses at the minute is off the ball. So going to a Fleetwood and, and learning the, the, the off the ball game, learning the bats against the wall game would, would benefit them longer term as well. Yeah, it's a perfect point really with finding a loan destination which meets sort of the demands of what we need from them. Um, as you say, off the ball work probably needs improvement with Musquay and, and Carlos, whereas Pereira, you want him thriving with confidence. You want him to, to be able to return with that kind of form that, that we know he's capable of, but he hasn't been able to show yet. Um, you know, he's been restricted to you know a few touches of class and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, I do fully get that. It's again, comes back down to, to where you send your players on loan and, and what, you want from that particular loan. You look at Elliot Thorpe and it it just seems a very difficult situation for him at the moment. Um just not playing much football at all and he has been available. So so you sort of question whether a League Two move would have been better and, and more beneficial for, for what is required of him. Um, but yeah. I think I think I think for I think for Elliot it's more just unlucky where they could change manager. He it was he was sort of starting to make sub appearances and you got the odd start under the, the, the old boss. I think for him, it's just, just unfortunate. Yeah, I'd go, I think I'd have to go with how the poll ended up um, with McAtee as the, the player that I think will, will most benefit under, um, under new manager Rob Edwards. I think with McAtee as well, I don't know if I'm leaning towards him because he's more of an unknown entity. I don't really know too much about him at this moment, but what I've seen, I've liked. And, and with the other players we've mentioned, we've seen them in the Luton Colours. We've seen them in the Championship up against some, some tough opposition. So I think that might might sort of steer me into the direction of McAtee at the moment. But yeah, of course, we'll get to see him in Luton Colours soon, I hope. And uh, hopefully he can provide you know, a different kind of option up front or in that number 10 role we'll go on to um we'll just look at rob edwards again here and, and just look at the break look at january coming up and, and do you see this as the ideal time for a manager to come in and really implement his ideas of course when the Luton players come back he'll have a good two two and a half weeks to to get his ideas across we'll then have the january transfer window to to assess options and maybe bolster positions that we need bolstering we mentioned that centre-back position and um, a holding midfielder position a fair few times. Does it give him a good opportunity to to scan his options now and, and make the necessary decisions? 
Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think he said today, didn't he, that you know he's got the players aren't back until the twenty fourth, so he can get settled into day to day staff, knowing the staff, things like that. Players will come back. I think they're going away for a week somewhere. Some there was some talk about playing a team in Brazil, I think. Um, but he's got kind of a mini pre-season, isn't he? Even from even from meeting the players next week, he's got that mini pre-season where he can assess, you know, the players that we've got, what their abilities are. Um, he can make very quick judgments on what he thinks he might need in the window. I mean, I mentioned a little while ago that I don't think he'll change too much, and and I don't think he will. Um, I think what you might find is that he's a manager that likes to use the loan window maybe a bit more than Nathan did. Um, so you could see a centre-half coming on loan. It might not be just a free agent or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think you know it's a good time for him to come in. Um, but I, I still don't see him making that many changes in the winter, or in the January window, I should say. Um, I think we're more likely to see additions in summer, personally. Yeah, I mean, I think... What I would say is I don't think anything changes in January. I think we've got our recruitment team that have already got their targets, the, so the same targets that Nathan may have brought in. Because as much as Nathan was playing direct football, I think there there was the intent to try and develop it into a bit more of a possession side. I think it was just the squad that he had. He, fe- he felt that the more direct route was, in in, in the immediate term, the, the route to go. Um, I think... On, on previous pods, Billy, I mentioned we need another centre half. We need another another sort of Henry Lansby type, but a bit younger. And I, I don't I don't think anything changes. I think if anything, it's even more important to get to get, to get those those sort of players in. Um, and I I don't think that there's going to be many new additions to our shortlist now just just because we've got a new manager in. Yeah, if you if you look to last season as well with the enforced COVID winter break when we didn't play any games. And we came back storming after that. That's, that's where our run-up the table started. Um, and fortunately, most of the sports science team, well, all the sports science team and, and some of the backroom staff are still there, minus Sheehan and, and Cohen, and obviously Nathan Jones. So hopefully they, they keep that all in place and uh, get, the, get the squad ready for the, the second half of the season and we can kick on quite quite hard and fast and hopefully shoot up the table like we did last year. Um but the also well, these well, last four games before before the uh, January transfer window were quite crucial. Um and there might not be wholesale changes but maybe uh, I agree with Jamie in the sense that I've been saying we need a center back, we need a um a defensive midfielder and we we have recruited for that more intricate style of play rather than the the long ball style of play but long ball is has shown to be more effective well a big thank you to the three of you for joining today as we wait and see how the rob edwards era unfolds it's now time for edwards to get accustomed to his new home and well uh, first game is 10th of December so he's still got a while before that that first game comes make sure to check us out on our socials we of course at Oak Road Hatter on Twitter we are Oak Road Hatter Pod on Instagram and also make sure to check our website which is www.oakroadhatter.com but until next time it is goodbye from us
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.